Lord Jesus, conquered death in the grave and rose up victorious. And then you said, the victory is ours. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it. Glory to your name, King Jesus. And it's in that great name we pray. Amen. 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 We're so glad we get to worship our Lord, ain't we? I mean, my goodness, like I said earlier, uh, how tragic to not have a voice to declare he is risen. How much more tragic to have a voice and not have it in your heart to declare he is a risen Savior. I mean, we, we celebrate a risen Savior. Amen? I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke. And uh, we're going to remind ourselves a little bit what it must have felt like on that Sunday morning as Jesus' disciples they had really put all of their hope in him. He was, he was going to start a, a new movement that they were going to get to get in on. And, and they believed that he would free the Israelites from the oppression of Rome. And his disciples, they'd already been trying to maneuver for position. Who's going to be his generals? Who's going to be sitting at his right hand? Who's going to be doing this and doing that? And so you can recognize in the scriptures as you, as you touch on this, you can see that they have, they have their idea of kingdom all mixed up, but they have an idea that he's about to bring the kingdom now. And so when we see Palm Sunday as they're worshiping him as the coming king, they think it's about to go down this week. And then the next thing you know, he's hanging on a cross. And all of their hopes and dreams and desires are dashed. I visited with someone yesterday who lost a father and a son in the last couple of years. And it was just the son's birthday this week. And, and she says, you know, I, have, I took off this week, but I'm exhausted that's what emotions will do. Just leave you completely drained. You don't, you don't have to even, I mean, you can just lay there in bed and be exhausted and, and you can't sleep. And, and so here's this resurrection morning. You need, to, you need to recognize to them it wasn't. What they were coming to do was to anoint a dead body. They were coming to anoint a dead body. You need to, we need to remind ourselves a little bit about this three days. So on the day that Jesus was crucified, he was brought down off of the cross right before dark. Now, why did they, at dark, it becomes the next day in the Jewish world. Even still today, at sunset tonight, it becomes Monday. This is how it works. And so on the day that they crucified our Savior, the next day was the Sabbath. And there's no working on the Sabbath, nothing. You can't do anything on the Sabbath. And so as they bring him down from the cross, they don't have time to anoint his body. Now, remember, they don't have uh, a burial system like we do. And so what they do is they just cover them with incense and wrap that incense around them kind of like a mummy. And, and so they hadn't had a chance to do that. They just were able to lay a cloth over them. And, and now it's sunset. It's now the Sabbath. And so it was a Sabbath because it was the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Passover and Unleavened Bread come together. And so, and then we have a, 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 a you know, people struggle over the timeline, but I don't have a struggle with it. The next day is the, the regular Sabbath, which would be we know it as Saturday. So you have him coming down off the cross, and then he's in the grave a day, and it's a Sabbath. And then you had Saturday, and it's a Sabbath. And so guess what? The next time they have a chance to do anything with this body is on Sunday. And so on Sunday, they came with, with 100 pounds of anointing spices, and they're going to, and they're, I'm sure, emotionally drained. And they're, they're just, they, they've been beating themselves up, Peter especially, but it's, the scripture says they all fled from him. 
And so, you know, they've been just playing this week over and over in their mind. And, and as they come to the tomb, they got something totally unexpected. Look with me in chapter 24 of the book of Luke. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and a certain other women with them, the disciples and certain other women with them, came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Now, I, I, I'd love to just go over the amazing facts of the resurrection. Uh, it is the most provable event in history. And, and those who have struggled with this understanding of Jesus Christ and him being the Savior, there have been some real uh, educated scholars who have come to try and disprove Christ. And, and yet they always stumble over the empty tomb. When we say that, that the stone was rolled away, this wasn't some little rock. It's about two tons. And this stone has been rolled away. But, but not only do we have the issue of the stone, there was a Roman guard posted in front of this stone. And we know the story. We know all of the other uh, gospel uh, accounts of this occasion and how the guards were, were blown away and were like paralyzed. When they saw the power of God, they couldn't do anything. And that stone was rolled away. And so let's get back to the text. Uh, verse, verse 3, then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Who you reckon they are? These are angelic beings. And, and, and we know the power of angelic beings because we have accounts in scriptures where, where one beat like thousands. <laughs> and, and so we have these angels and in, in, and there they are, there in the tomb, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men uh, stood by them in shining garments. Verse 5, then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? That's a good question. Well, they came expecting to see a dead body, but they got something totally unexpected. We found an empty grave. And so these angels, when the disciples see these angels, they are about falling out in fear. It says they were afraid and they bowed their head. And the angels said, why are, you, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, verse 6. He is not here but is risen. Amen. Now, I need to give you a little English lesson real quick. And you're thinking, here's this country dumb fella finna give me an English lesson. But let me just tell you this. This is why we say he is risen instead of has risen. I know that this is past tense. He, he, he rose from the grave about 2,000 years ago. But here's the thing. It's present tense. He's still risen. Amen. He's still risen today. Why do we? I mean, there have been people who have risen from the dead. We, we have them in this church. People who were dead and God raised them back to life. I mean, dead for minutes and, and, and nearly an hour. We had one that was nearly dead an hour. 45 minutes they're working on chest compressions and Leslie Hall comes back to life. Praise <laughs> God. She was dead. She was dead, but she has risen from the dead. She has risen. Here's the thing. Unless Jesus returns, she will die again one day. Yeah. Lazarus in the scriptures, he was dead, risen from the dead. He died. He died. I've been in his tomb. And so we see that, that it is a fact that sometimes people die and they come back to life. But here is something that's totally unusual. We have one who rose from the dead and he is still alive. Amen. 
he is still alive. And uh, so here's the disciples. They got something totally unexpected. They found that their Savior and all their hope was not lost, but he was alive and well. Amen. I want to look at some scriptures today because I'm thinking that we're going we're gonna to find out that you uh, are going to come into something totally unexpected. Oftentimes on, on a Resurrection Sunday, we come and we expect a good resurrection sermon, and, 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 and I hope that you got it. All right, I'm done with that. <laughs> the fact of the matter is we keep coming back to it, but the question I need you to ask yourself is what has that got to do with me now? How, how is this resurrection, how does it affect my life today? And I need you to know that it does. I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. I love, I love the book of Philippians. I love, I love this whole book. I mean, I tell you, good night. I, I, I love Philippians 2. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought equality with God, not something to hold on to, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. That's what he did. He came in the flesh. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. He resurrected him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. The name of Jesus, the powerful, most powerful name in all the world. And every tongue will confess to the glory of God. Amen? This is our Jesus. And here in Philippians chapter 3, Paul is writing to this church in Philippi, and he says this, oh, I want to know him. Like, Paul. Paul, you, if anybody knows Jesus, Paul, you know Jesus. He said, I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Today we're going to be talking about the power of his resurrection. Now, you need to understand, the power of his resurrection can affect you. It should affect you here and now. Amen? It, it, it should affect our lives. And so here's what Paul says. I want to know him and the power of his re resurrection. I also want to look at, at Romans chapter uh, 1 and verse 16, the power of the cross. So we've talked about the power of the resurrection, the empty tomb, the power of the cross. Paul says in, in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Amen? Are you ashamed of the gospel? I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. In 1 Corinthians it says, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who believe, it is the power of his salvation. Amen? We recognize the power of the cross. What is the power of the cross? The power of the cross is that those who turn to Jesus Christ, realizing that he died for our sins, he, he, he gives us victory over the penalty of sin. Amen? That's good news. That's why it's called the gospel. Here's the gospel. You were born with an independent and rebellious mindset, and you wanted to live life by your terms. If you don't think you were born selfish, take one toy and drop it between three of those babies back here in that nursery. <laughs> Mine! <laughs> we're born selfish. We, we want what we want, when we want it, how we want it, and that's, that's a sin nature. That's just how we're born. And then living life with our, with our back turned toward the light, we just, it continues to get a little darker, by the way. The further away, the longer we live. But when we finally are enlightened 
by the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins, we can turn to him. This is called repentance and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my rebelliousness. I want to turn to you. And guess what the scripture says? That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, what part? God raised him from the dead. Resurrection, you will be saved. Confession must be made. But there also has to be a belief. He is a risen Savior. He is a risen Savior. And so we, we recognize that, that he, he died and, and that he died that I might not live under the penalty of sin. But guess what? He rose that you might not live under the power of sin. Amen? Oh, you got to get this. There's two words that you need to, that I'm going to be using a lot. The word no, K-N-O-W, and the word power. I need you to know something. I need you to know that the resurrection can affect your life today. Today. And here's where, let's go here. And uh, Romans, I already looked at Romans. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians. I'm going to back up a couple pages. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll just go ahead and spend the rest of the message on Ephesians chapter 1. We're talking about the power of his resurrection. Paul said, I want to know him. I want to know more about him. I need to know more about this power of his resurrection. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 says, Therefore I also, this is Paul again, the very same guy that says, Oh, I want to know the power of his resurrection. It, it was he who says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and in your love for all the saints, so Paul is saying, I, I know that you're Christians. I've already heard news about you. He's writing to this church in Ephesus, church of hip start, and, he's, and he's, he's encouraging them. And he says, I've already heard testimony of how you have faith in Christ and love for his people. Verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, make, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. Remember I said I want you to, use, we're going to say word no a lot. Like, like when my kids were little. No, but it's a different kind of no. <laughs> That's it, the knowledge of him. Now I need you to understand something as I say this. Paul is saying I'm praying that you get it. I'm praying that you get it. Here's the thing. I can teach and preach. I can preach my guts out and you still not get it. It has to be revealed from God himself. He said, I'm praying that God turns the lights up. I'm praying that he, he eases the lights up. And so he says, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's got to come from him. He might use my words to, to, to have an effect, but you need to pray this for yourself right now. Lord, would you let me see exactly what you want for me to see? Amen. Is revelation. So I, I don't ever quit praying that you get it. That's what he's saying. In verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. Everybody say no. No, that you know, that you, that you not only have a head knowledge, but an experiential knowledge of these three facts. We're going to talk about them now. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. He's talking to Christians. 
He's talking to Christians, and he says, I need you to have further understanding. I'm praying that God gives you further understanding. Maybe you're here today, and, and you are a Christian. Maybe you're not, and let me just, please, I want to urge you, don't leave here in that condition. That would be absolutely tragic. I'll tell you what would be terrific is that you get saved on Resurrection Sunday. That'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. And, and you'll never forget that. I got saved on Resurrection Sunday. And, uh, but if you are a Christian, guess what? There's further knowledge that you need to have. Paul says, I've heard of your faith, but now I need you to know this. And I'm asking that God would give you further revelation of this, the hope of your calling. Every person in this room, Every child of God, and, and, and even if you're not a child of God, the Scriptures tell us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that God has prepared beforehand that you should walk a certain way, that there's a life that he has for you. That Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For as by grace you have been saved, not of works, as not of yourself, lest anyone should boast. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Amen? He has a plan for you. He has a calling on your life. And Paul says, I'm praying that you understand the hope of this calling. You got a, God's got a purpose for you. If you're still trying to find your purpose in life, can I help you out? It's found in him. It's found in him. He, he says, I need you to understand the hope of his calling. And, and, and it goes on to say, and what are the riches? Anybody want to, want to be rich in here? Oh, y'all trying to act holy up in here. We know you. I want to be rolling in it. Amen. What are the riches of his glory and the inheritance in Christ Jesus? I want to be flat, nasty rich. Amen. Just, just rolling in it. It says, What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? I, I have all my life thought about, man. I wish I had one of those uh, rich uncles that died and just left me all kind of money. I ain't got none. I ain't got one. I ain't never received an inheritance in my life. I, I was uh, on, the lake on the lake property uh, two weekends ago with a guy. He was given an inheritance by somebody, wasn't even his relative. They gave him property that's worth millions and, and, and even cash money. I'm like, why, why can't... I, 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 just a friend. I ain't got family. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have a heavenly father that says, oh, I got more for you than that. Amen. Amen. He says, I got, you know, and I've always told the Lord, oh, I, I'll tithe. You know, I mean, I, I'll use it for kingdom work. <laughs> Y'all know I'm just serious right now. But anyway, what, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. God says, I got something for you. I need you to know that you have this to your availability. And, and I need you to recognize it so that you will walk. Every time I preach a sermon, I have to ask myself, what do I want them to know and what do I want them to do? He says, first, you need to know this in order to use this. Amen. And then the next verse of Scripture, verse 19, is where I'm going. And what is the exceeding greatness of his, what's that next word? Power. I need you to know, God says, uh, Paul says, I pray that God shows you that you would understand, that you would know how much power you have. You with me? We've already talked about the power of the cross. It's foolishness to those who are perishing, but the power of the cross is salvation for us who believe. 
That's the power of the cross. Now we're talking about the power of the resurrection. He says, I'm praying that God would open your understanding, verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty, what? Power. See, it keeps coming up, doesn't it? It's word power. You are not a powerless person if you are a child of God. You may just not know it yet. You just might not know exactly what you do have, but you have it if you are a child of God. Uh, Verse 20, here's where it came from. When he worked in Christ Jesus, when he raised him from the dead. So if you've ever asked him the question, yes, we're coming to celebrate this historic event. It's absolutely historic event. Every nation has been affected by the resurrection. The calendar has been affected by the resurrection. Everybody's been touched by it, some drastically touched by it, but this is the most historic and the most amazing event in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But let me just tell you, it's not just history. It's not that he has risen. It's not that he did that back then. He is doing something now. Amen? And you need to get in on it. Paul's praying, he says, I'm praying that you do. And he goes on to say, he, verse 20, when he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, God raised Jesus from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. There's that word power again. And there's that word dominion. What does that mean? Now it means authority. I need you to understand there's power and authority. Football season rolls back around. You'll get to see both. When those boys walk out there on that field, we had Trinity Valley football players come to our church one Sunday morning, and they come off them buses, and our people are like, oh, my goodness, what kind of giant is this? They come over here and walk there and sit down. Our people just staring, gawking. Boys are giants. When they get on the football field, they're in armor. There's these big old muscled-up guys walking out in armor. That is power, amen? But you know all those little guys that are dressed up like zebras? That's authority. Amen? They don't even have to wear armor. Why? Because they have authority. Here's what you have as a Christian, both power and authority. Amen? Amen. Paul says, I'm praying that you get it, that you have the power of God and you have the authority of Jesus Christ, the one who raised from the dead, the one who is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he has handed that to us. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come, which is this age. Amen? It's this age. Verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things in the church. In the church. The church is the most powerful thing in the world. The church has the power of Jesus Christ. You say, but, but you said I do as an individual. You do as an individual. It gets bigger when you join your power to other believers. He gave this authority, this power to the church. This is why when people uh, are, are praying for something to break through in their life, they're struggling over something, and, and they're praying, uh, finally they get to the point, well, I'm going to bring in some other people on this prayer. 
I'm going to bring in some other people. So we do as the book of James says, and we call the elders before us and, and that they might anoint us with oil and that the prayer over us will bring healing. And we've seen that happen over and over again. I bet you they prayed for themselves, by themselves, before they come to church. Why didn't anything happen then? Is my prayer powerful? Absolutely it is. But you want to get real power? Join your prayer to somebody else's. Join your prayer to somebody else's. He says he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the church. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen? Amen. So, so I am so glad that you joined us this Resurrection Sunday. But I, I want to encourage you, if you're not connected to a church, if you're not active to a church, you're missing out on some awesome things that God has for you. But there, first of all, you need to know about those things in order to have access to those things. We're talking about the power of the resurrection. We're talking about the power of the resurrection. What is this power for? What can I do with this power of the resurrection? Well, the, the power of the cross is for my salvation. I am now saved from the penalty of sin. I do not have to fear God's judgment. I do not have to fear going to hell. Why? Because I have been saved from the penalty of sin. You with me? But the, the risen Savior, who is now seated at the right hand of the Father, I, because he has saved me from the penalty of sin, now I can stay over here and realize I am also being saved from the power of sin. The more I learn how to live through him, the more he lives through me. I, I'm defeating sin on a daily basis. Amen? If you continue to struggle with that addiction and you're just sick of it, you can't quit, and you've been trying everything that you can possibly try, and, and, and you've wished and wanted and asked and prayed, but have you tried by faith to access the power of God? Have you tried to, to believe that he did what he said he's going to do and that he will do what he says he's going to do? If you've got this situation that you just can't figure out, it's oftentimes that we turn to God last instead of first. It's unfortunate, but at least if you do turn to him, you get to see the power of God. Amen? Are you accessing the power of God? Do you even realize that his salvation is not just for only salvation, but for, it's not that he saved me just to get me to heaven. If he saved me just to get me to heaven, he would have took me to heaven when he saved me. But he saved me to bring heaven to earth through me. Amen. Do you recognize what you have in Jesus Christ? It's not just something that happened back then. He's doing something right now. I want, I want everybody to do this. I don't care if you... Your first time here, or you've been here a hundred thousand times. There's a card in the seat in front of you, or if you're on the front row, it's beside you. I want everybody to take a card. Everybody. This is what they said in the army. Lottie dotty, everybody. That's what they said, all right? So lottie dotty, everybody. Everybody get a card. And I want you to fill this card out. Everybody. Why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing this because maybe this is your first time in church and and you hadn't uh, quite figured all this out. I had a cord. It's gone. I can tell you what it says on there. It has the basic information. And that birthday business, uh, it's just to help us to know kind of what age group you're in. We're not going to make all this public information. But if you can fill out as much as you want to on that. 
And then it comes down to, I'm a first-time visitor. I'm a, a casual attender. I'm an active member. I think this is how it says it. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, I want you to fill that part out. And then it says, I would like to give my life to Jesus Christ, renew my commitment with Jesus Christ, be baptized, join Sand Springs, I plan to visit again. Why are we, why are we doing this? We're doing this because I want everyone to have an opportunity to talk to someone about salvation. Talk to someone about going deeper in their walk with the Lord. Talk to someone about, can, can, can you help me with this? Here's a prayer request on the other side. You can fill that out. And I promise you, we will pray for you. And, and I promise you, if you, if you want to be contacted and uh, you, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, well, I promise you, we're going to call you real quick. We're also about to have an invitation and you might be saying, I can't wait for a call. Well, please don't. Please don't wait for a call. You answer the call this morning because the Savior's calling you into relationship. I want everybody to fill one of those out. When you fill that out, you can just leave it in the seat where you're sitting or you can drop it in the blue boxes. Either way is fine. But I want you to pray with me. Father God, I pray that you would open up our understanding to everything that you have for us. For salvation. That those who have come and they don't really know you or they, they're not sure they do. Lord, I pray that you would just help them to see that there's a good and loving God who absolutely wants to change their life if they just give you their life. Lord, I pray that you'd help them see that. As the scripture says, what good does it do for a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? But those who give their life to Christ truly find what life is all about. Lord, I pray that your people but also recognize that empty grave, that has a whole lot of meaning for me right now. Lord, they begin accessing and using the power that is given them. You've told us that we have the power to trample serpents and scorpions. Well, that just don't mean bugs and slimy things. That means demonic powers that continue to bring hell to our life you said you got the power to stop that. Lord, I pray that we would understand that. We would use that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you, I need you to understand something. God won't do for you what he's already done. <laughs> Catch it. Say, the, the enemy is harassing me and I just feel like I'm being tempted all the time. I feel like I'm just, uh, uh, he's just got me in a stranglehold. And Lord, I just need you to rebuke the devil for me. Uh, he said, I need you to understand I already gave you the authority to do that yourself. Catch that. Catch that. When I'm going through hell, 
hell has been unleashed on me, I don't say, Lord, would you, would you take the enemy out of my life? He said, why are you asking me to do what I gave you the job to do? Catch that. Stand with me. Stand with me now, everybody. Catch that. God gave you the authority. I'm promising you, I could, we could spend the rest of the day with Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. And he says, I have given you the authority to trample down serpents. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. How? Why? Because he rose from the dead. And then he says, now go, I'm sending you. Amen? Don't miss that. At this time of invitation, we're going to worship the Lord. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I need to know Jesus. Well, absolutely. Don't wait on a phone call. You come forward. We're going to have our altar team at the front. Y'all come forward now. Altar team to the front. And then all of this space here is going to be open. And, and, and you can come down here by yourself. Just spend some time with the Lord. Here's where it gets even gooder. You can grab somebody with you. And say, hey, can you come pray for me? Now we start to see things shift and change. Amen. But I pray that whatever the Lord's doing, well, you will be responsible to respond. And you will move at this time. Father God, give them the courage and the boldness to move in obedience. Because then you'll give them the joy when they do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. You move as God moves on you.